What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of That Creative Life. I have my friend Lily Hevish here from Hevish Five, which is a huge domino channel. So you are a domino artist. You have 2.3 million subscribers. Congrats. Thank you. And you have 715 million total views on your channel. And that's just the main channel, right? Yes, so I you have three channels. You have three channels. And my first question is, we're going to get into all the things, but why Hevish 5? What does the 5 stand for? Yeah, so Hevish is my last name and there's five people in my family. I'm the youngest, so I'm like the fifth Hevish. Aw, okay, I like that. I yeah. like that. Okay, so you, how old are you now? So I'm 20. And when did the dominoes, when did the YouTube thing start? Back in 2008, I started my channel. Um, so I was like, I think I was like nine years old. <laughs> and then uh, I started posting in 2009 when I was 10. And now I'm still doing it. What did your parents think when you were a nine-year-old making videos about dominoes? <laughs> well, I don't know, to be honest, they didn't really know <laughs> that much. Like, they didn't care. They were like, oh, Lily likes Domino's. Like, she's making videos. That's cool. Like, mm -hmm. they didn't really mind it. They just bought me Domino's every Christmas, every birthday. And, you know, they were very supportive, which was good. That's crazy. I started my YouTube channel in 2011, but I was still junior, senior in high school. Um, so I can't imagine having something that you love like so much at the age of nine just rolling with it and then making a career out of it yeah that's <laughs> something I really didn't expect uh, I mean I was just doing it for fun as a kid and I'm still doing it for fun I love dominoes um, and it's it's kind of crazy that something that I found when I was so young is something that I still enjoy and that's rare yeah, yeah. yeah. but it's it's awesome because like I get to build like these massive domino structures and then knock them down and now companies want like logos done out of dominoes and even live events with dominoes and there's there's so much more to do because it's an emerging art form and I'm just trying my best to kind of get domino art more out there and that's something we'll get to all of the different things that you do with it it's not just on your YouTube channel but uh, recently you were doing something with Jimmy Fallon you know there's there's all these things that you do you're in a live stream with Katy Perry I want to ask you about that later yeah. um but when when you started the domino thing it was I'm assuming just like a passion right you weren't like oh yeah I'm gonna make a job out of no, this no. right it was more like I just found dominoes at my grandparents house mm -hmm. I was like oh this is really fun to set up a knockdown and then I went on YouTube searched dominoes and I found like hundreds of videos of people building the most elaborate projects and I was like Oh my God, this is amazing. At, at, their, at that time, were there big YouTubers dedicated to Domino's? Um, there were a few Domino channels. Um, there was one person in particular who was like the Domino guy. His name's Flippy Cat on YouTube. Everyone knows him. But like, there weren't like, like YouTubers wasn't really a thing mm -hmm. back then. Mm -hmm. Which is crazy because it's such a thing now. Yeah. So why, why are you here in New York City? It's awesome because we got to do a collab. Mm -hmm. You built a giant peach. So that will be on her channel soon, oh, guys, yeah. to check out. Um, but I found it very interesting why you came here, obviously, do some collabs. Um, but what was, what was the, the main thing? So, yes, lots of collaborations. Um, just I knew that I, there were like a lot of projects that I wanted to do in the city. Um, and people that I'd wanted to meet for a while and like going back and forth each time for like one collab didn't make sense. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to take like five weeks, stay here for like a long period of time and also get a feel for what it's like to live in the city because I'm thinking about potentially moving here sometime Move, in the future. Do it. Maybe. 
This is like the test run. Um, I do. I really like it so far. Um, so you yeah. went to a toy convention, though. I right? did. Yes. So what is that? So the Toy Fair New York City is a convention with like thirty thousand people in the toy industry. People who make toys. People who like license steals and are inventors and all these other people inv- like related to the toy industry. So I went there to talk to all these toy companies about potentially using some of their products in my videos as like kind of like a sponsored video because um, my audience is very much uh, like kids and you know young teens so incorporating toys like marble tracks and like even speed stacking cups like things that roll or move are really cool to incorporate within dominoes so we were talking to all these toy companies and being like hey i have this domino channel Slipped the business card yeah, the business card gave out a lot of those and exactly and we start having emails afterward so you do most of your stuff with your dad right who's your business partner yep. which is really cool because i imagine opportunities like this you know you have an instant like partner in crime let's go kill this toy toy fair let's hand on all the business cards let's make the deals um is that was that something from the get-go that he kind of saw and was like let's do this um or how long did it take to essentially become a business Mm. right so i got my first business inquiry when i was about 13 oh okay it was like this that was that's a way sooner than i thought it was like this campbell soup spec commercial that i did and like at the time I didn't really know what to do obviously I was like 13 so my dad came in he's like responding to the emails like we'd work it out have phone calls with them together and then it it wasn't really until I don't know maybe like my senior year of high school that it like really became like a business um we formed a corporation Hevish Five Incorporated and then (laughs) my dad's the business manager I'm like the creative director i guess or Mm -hmm. i don't really know i just make videos um but yeah that's what's so special about it because i think a lot of people when it turns into a job they have to do both things right and Mm -hmm. it becomes very intimidating so i think it is smart and cool that you get to focus on the creative right you're still uh down there handing out business cards but at the same time focusing on the creative i think that's something that people always want to get back to once they get all business driven right yeah it's so weird because like you start out all creative and then the business side just kind of creeps up on you and then you like focus more on that side and then it's like okay i need to like build up this business side enough so i can go back to being more creative Mm -hmm. and like building out a team and then then you like have this whole company it's like what am I doing? I'm just figuring it out on the spot. <laughs> and, and the fact that you're 20 years old, right? And yeah. you're already worrying about, I need to hire employees, right? Being a 20-year-old creator, YouTuber, something that always interests me, and I'm sure people are going to be like, Sarah, stop talking about this, but college. Yeah. <laughs> you went to college. For one year. For one year. Yes. Okay, and then, so what was your major? Why did you feel like you had to go um, to college? And mm-hmm. are you still going to college? No, <laughs> that's the short answer. Um, so I went to Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute last year. That's a mouthful. I was studying <laughs> design, innovation, and society. That's what they call it. It's basically like that product sounds, design. That sounds interesting, though. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, I wanted to go to college. Like, I specifically, like, took a gap year in between high school and college to, like, make a ton of videos so that I could post them while I'm in college because I knew I wouldn't be able to build there so I had this like whole backlog of stuff and then I went to college and 
the reason behind going to college was kind of like I just wanted to get the full experience and wanted to learn how to like be on my own, like go to new place. Did you stay in the dorms and stuff and have yeah, that yeah, whole I had experience? Had a whole roommate. How was that? Hall. It was good. My because roommate's that like was... my best friend. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, so you never hear that. I did not like any of my really? college room. Well, oh, no. I hope you're not listening. Uh, <laughs> let's just say I like them better not as roommates. Okay. Fair. But that's amazing. So you had <laughs> yeah. a good roommate. Yeah, great roommate. So it was a good initial start. It was a start. very good experience. Like, I, I did really like school. I liked my classes. Um, but literally, like, in September, <laughs> I realized, like, okay, I'm, like, passing up all these domino jobs, like, all these opportunities that are coming at me, and I can't make videos, and I started, like, really missing YouTube. Like, I always, I don't know, in my free time, I, like, really wanted to, like, make videos, but then, obviously, with schoolwork, you can't. Um, So I, like, called my parents, and I was, like, I think I want to do YouTube. (laughs) And they were probably, like, duh. Oh, right yeah. were they were they like, like we understand Lily. my dad You're was kind like, of crushing yeah it. <laughs> my dad was like lily you are not going back to school next year he was literally like no lily it's not happening i'm like oh okay that's cool, a cool, cool. dad yeah dad like, point business yes. manager i mean i guess that makes sense that makes like, sense yeah. right he's, he's like totally we, on board you gotta support the family lily yeah you're, you're the <laughs> breadwinner now right <laughs> my mom on the other hand she was like she saw it coming like yeah. she knew that i was like missing all these opportunities and she's right. like you know Lily like I I would like you to get the four-year experience but like I understand mm-hmm. like why you need to drop out why you need to pursue this business that you've created and she was overall very supportive and I will say something so special that I think people envy is when you can find your passion when you're young. I think a lot of people go to college to find what they want to do. And so when you're straight out of high school and you know exactly what you want to do, that's a special gift. And it's so worth pursuing, right? Um, so two weeks ago, you had a titled a video titled 75,000 Dominoes Falling to Relax Your Mind. And then in parentheses, oddly satisfying. And that video is so extravagant. It's amazing. <laughs> I was like going through your entire catalog. Um, you know, 10 minutes of just continuous dominoes falling. And I was watching that. And I know this is a question that you get a lot, but I want to give some perspective to the audience. So that video is just all of these, you know, 75,000 dominoes falling. Can you give us perspective on how long a project like that would take yeah um well that video is like 10 different videos combined okay Okay. but i was just watching it i was like yeah yeah none of that is new content that's just so it was a compilation yeah yeah gotcha but each video maybe took like four days to make so times (gasps) 10 days wow so yeah and for the peach that you made it was probably would you say like uh four feet high three feet high Four two, feet. Four, four feet high? Three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. Three and a half. And two, three feet wide? I don't know. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, we used a little over 2,000 dominoes, right? Mm-hmm. And it was a, like a five-hour process. Yeah. It took a while. And so this takes a while, right? Yeah. And so my, my question with that is how do you think about titles and thumbnails for YouTube? Mm-hmm. Because you spend all of this time, you pour your heart and soul into this. You take six, six hours to four days for one project. Tell me about like Domino YouTube. Yeah. What, what 
titles work? What is your thought process Mm -hmm. behind every video? Because I love the like parentheses, oddly satisfying, because it is. You sit there and you watch these dominoes fall and it's like, it's relaxing. It is. Yeah, it's very oddly relaxing. Um, But when I when I go to title videos, it really depends on what the setup is. So if it's themed around like a certain topic, like for example, I did a Despicable Me Minion video. Um, usually I'll put that in the title, obviously. And then the, num- the number of dominoes that's in the video. Because usually if people see a big number, like, they're like, oh, oh my God, gotta click 8,000 dominoes, 10,000 dominoes, that's crazy. Despicable Me Minion, click on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or if it's all satisfying, of course, I'm going to try to incorporate the- incorporate that in the title tags like description because i've found that like a lot of my videos are found through suggested from oddly satisfying videos which is really interesting like it's in the category of like slime and like so i was gonna add yeah yeah, i was gonna oh my gosh that's literally in my notes slime and cutting soap so is that a whole do people have youtube channels dedicated to oddly satisfying stuff or is that almost like a subcategory of all these different types of videos obviously there's slime youtubers um i'm not quite aware of youtubers who just cut soap is that I mean, is that the slimers it is a thing i don't really watch those videos but yeah. i know there's channels that just post satisfying videos and i'm not sure if they're like making their own content or just like taking other people's mm-hmm. it's probably a combination of both Um, but they tend to work really well on YouTube for some reason. That's a good question of because you make a lot of content that doesn't involve your face. Um, of course you have your behind the scene channels that we'll talk about in a minute, but your main channel is mainly just the dominoes. Do you encounter people ripping off your videos and getting like hundreds of thousands of views and you not getting credit for it? Yeah, all the time. So how do you handle that? Yeah, so now I'm partnered with a company who actually tracks all the videos and you know they'll monetize it and then bring back the money to me and they get a percentage. So it's good because like, you know, I'm not going to spend hours scouring the internet for all of these videos. Like they have this software that they've developed to find all of them. Um, so is it an MCN or is it just a completely no, different it's company? It's called Superbam. Okay. They're not an MCN and you can partner with them for whatever just for content ID claiming. And it's super nice. That's good. That's great. Because yep. everyone asks or I guess everyone who's a little bit older who doesn't understand the cutting soap slime you know for some context the whole slime thing is is literally someone maybe going through the process of making slime and then they're poking holes in the slime and they're touching it and they're Mm -hmm. spreading it apart and it's this very sensory overload experience where you're hearing it it's very asmr um and it's very shocking to a lot of people to be like you watch that what but it's one of those things that it'll pop up on your Instagram feed. It'll pop up in your Explorer. And then you just find yourself like watching for yep. five minutes. And then you're like, what? <laughs> what did I just watch? And with, with that, I think it, it goes beyond YouTube, right? Because people are so into Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Do you then break up your compilations and put like 30 second clips and stuff? And then do you watermark the heck out of it? What's What's your strategy beyond YouTube? Yeah, so I watermark all my videos um, on YouTube, and then I have a social media manager who's making like square Facebook and Instagram and Twitter videos with the watermark more embedded within it, not just like in the corner, but like kind of like 
on the edge of where the dominoes are so people can't crop it out um that's smart yeah i've been trying to do that because like especially on instagram people rip your stuff like so much and there's like really nothing you can do about it besides like taking it down but it's like not worth the process i don't know so and it's funny because people get annoyed by watermarked stuff but then at the same time hey you spent a day two three four days on this project mm-hmm. you condensed it down to a 30 second video yep well heck yes you want to get the credit yeah it's worth it yeah so what do you think give a little give a little opinion about what you think about the these instagram accounts the the culture of curation curation is a very nice word to describe it but there's these accounts uh f jerry um the meme accounts there's accounts i'm sure dedicated to oddly satisfying content Mm -hmm. what's your take on those on those accounts i mean it infuriates me to be (laughs) honest that people just take work and re-upload it like it wouldn't be as bad if they at least credited me and tagged me in the description or like said by Domino Art by Heavish Five or whatever, but most of the time they're not doing it. So it's just like, they just literally stole my video. Right. How often do you post to Instagram? Cause you know, you have 2.3 million subscribers on YouTube. Is there kind of like a desire to be, uh, to have a plan? Okay, Instagram's next. Or what do you see as the platform? Maybe Facebook, cause it is very prone for mm. uh, spreading kind of like viral stuff. Yeah. Is there one social media that sticks out to you that's this is this has to be my focus next yeah so i've been focusing besides youtube more on facebook actually because mm. i have about eight hundred fifty thousand followers on that so that's my second highest social media um and it's also monetized i'm in this like new program that they have i've heard about that yeah can you tell me about that yeah it's called facebook launchpad and basically if you have videos that are over three minutes you can get ad breaks and then it'll monetize it's basically the same as youtube where um like they take a percentage and then you keep the rest um but as long as it's like of course like family friendly or whatever you're probably fine to post it um it's pretty straightforward but it's still new to facebook mm-hmm. and um it, trying it out is it on par with adsense or is it lower um, higher <laughs> to be honest like Sometimes it can be way more than YouTube. Like, really? You know how Facebook videos, like, the views are inflated? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy inflated. So, so if does you, that translate yeah, with yeah. money? If you literally get one viral video on Facebook, like, you're golden. Like, it's That's way more than yeah. YouTube. Because every person I talked to, uh, I had a meeting with, like, Twitter and a Facebook guy was there. Mm-hmm. And he was a creator. And he was asking me what I did. And he was saying... Sarah, iPhone stuff, tech stuff, there is random videos that go viral about that all the time. And people are searching, not searching, but they're kind of hungry for that tech stuff. Um, You could very easily just upload uh, and then get on this Facebook thing and then just reap the rewards of a video you already made on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's very interesting to hear that you're on there because I haven't even looked into it because there's a process, right? So you have to get a certain number of views or like within a month. So yeah, you have to apply, but then like within a month you have to upload a certain amount of like over three minute videos and then certain number of views. I don't know. There's a lot of check marks the last time I looked at it. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure you pass those check marks very fast with the type of um, stuff that you have. 
with Facebook, how did that initial following begin? 800,000 likes. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Yeah, so my Facebook page, like, back in the day, kind of, like, so it's been a while. Steadied out at 25,000. Okay. And then what made it blow up was I had a viral video back in 2016 on YouTube. It was called The Amazing Triple Spiral. And it got, like, 3 million views in two days. Like, it was shared all over, like, on the front page of Reddit. And then a bunch of Facebook pages started sharing the video. And then that led back to me on my Facebook page. And then, um, you know, people would just keep reposting it. And it blew up my Facebook page. And then later on, it's so weird. Like when I first started in, in the Facebook Launchpad program, um, like literally my second video that I posted was viral, like completely went viral. I don't know if it's because I joined the program or not, or it was like... I imagine that Facebook is very hungry for original creators because yeah, yeah, they're probably looking at their platform and being like, what happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it, it literally just took like a couple of viral videos to really blow it up. And mm-hmm. then from there, it's just posting consistently, um, you know, like putting your YouTube link in the top comments so people can go back to YouTube and then that's so you're not you're not putting the youtube link in the main description because no. or in the comment because in the I, top I, comment I, yeah i imagine uh i imagine facebook is like other social medias the moment you put a link to an external site mm-hmm. in the description they're like nope we're not going to recommend this video yeah. is that true to facebook yep. it lowers the reach if you put the youtube link in the facebook description interesting interesting um when you were at twenty five thousand likes on your facebook page i'm asking a lot of questions about this because i'm curious facebook is the one social media i really don't pay attention to but i'm curious about it what were you consistently getting views wise because i feel like a lot of people can be discouraged with i'm only getting 500 views per video but i guess it only takes that one viral video to make a Mm -hmm. difference right yeah i mean i think back then i was maybe getting like a thousand views per video but even now the algorithm keeps changing on facebook like I have almost 900,000 followers, yet my videos now on Facebook will maybe get like 10,000. Like it really, really depends. It really varies. Like it can blow up or it could just be a fluke. So really with Facebook, it's volume and then you just cross your fingers that one every five or six videos kind of hits it. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I've been trying to figure that out. Um, But like... I think what's really important with Facebook is making an intriguing thumbnail or like mm. first three so, seconds so of your video. So thumbnail matters on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially the first three seconds because people have autoplay on and they need to see like motion and lots of colors and like, oh my God, this is a character in Domino's. Right. And then also having really good meme text on the top and bottom and a good description that matches that. So the meme format, that's, yeah. what, that's what works on the yeah, Facebook? Definitely meme format. <laughs> Like once I, I don't know, once I started doing memes (laughs) instead of just normal square videos, like I noticed a huge increase in views. Wow. Just from doing meme text. So guys, do the memes. That's always the answer, right? Just make your content more meme-y. Oh man. Um, So you have some insane videos that have insane views. When I was looking at uh, your most viewed, so you have... There was a video over, uh, so I guess five years ago, it has 122 million views. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> That's know. insane. I was can't that, even like. Was that one of your first viral videos? Yeah. Or, okay. That was my very first one. That was your very first yep. one. When you were watching that, 
go up. Was that the one that started three million in two days? No, or? that was the second one. Okay, okay. Yeah. So when you started watching that, what was that like? But but also, what was the was it ten million in the first two days, or was it one hundred twenty two over the span of a year? Like and it was, was super quick. Um, really? Like I think on the first or second day, it went completely viral. Also on the front page of Reddit, um, like. Also, I think it was around 3 million views in two days as well. And I remember like when it went viral, I'd be refreshing the page like every second and there would be 5,000 more views. Like literally oh every time God. you refresh the page, I was shaking. I was like, what is going on? This is crazy. Like I can't even like comprehend this. Wow. But it just blew up my channel. I had like 25,000 subscribers. And then within a couple of weeks, I was like, way over 200,000. Wow. That is insane. So when did you hit your first million subscribers? I believe that was what year is it? 2019. It is 2019. Uh I think it was the end of 2000, no, beginning of 2017. Oh, so it was kind of recently. Or, yeah. See, I love that. Because you do, you've been doing dominoes for over 10 years. And just in the past two to three years is when it really, really took off. And I think that's a testament to keep on doing your thing. Yeah. Right? Long term. Keep at it. Think about mm-hmm. long term. And especially if you're young and you're, you're kind of finding a flow with something, keep at it. You know, because that's when you have time. That's when you have time yeah, definitely. to, you have a roof over your head, hopefully, and food on the table. You don't have to worry mm-hmm. about insurance or being an adult. Um, and so when did it become your basically full-time job? When when was it? Like, mm. yeah, 2016, um, 2015? 2016, probably. Like my senior year of high school. Because that's when I took my gap year. And I was actually doing YouTube and down art full-time. Um, and then I like started like really getting serious with it, like getting a whole schedule, starting to post consistently Mm -hmm. every week. Um, would you say that that changed, uh, kind of the trajectory when you started doing things consistently? Do you think that has a big, a big part in YouTube? Yeah, I think it definitely helps a lot just because viewers know exactly when to expect a video and like. I know that most of my viewers watch on Saturdays just because like kids are out of school, people aren't working, you know, people have time to watch dominant videos. So I set it to Saturday at one o'clock every every single Saturday of video. So people know. And people tune in. And that's so funny. You you truly have to go into those analytics, see what works for you, because with my audience, and you have to see what the ages are, um, Saturday is the worst day for me to really? post for some reason. Interesting. Absolutely When's worst. the best day for you? Friday and Saturdays are the worst, and it's oh. like uh, weekdays after school and work are what work for some reason. Interesting. I guess Friday and Saturdays, my people are like, oh, it's time to go have a life, right? So yeah. Like, I'm not going to watch YouTube videos. Yeah, you have an older audience though. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I do. I, it's probably 20 to 35, I would okay. say is the, the main demo. What's yours? Um, uh, like six to 17. <laughs> love it. Love it. Yeah. Well, and that's why it was so smart to, you know, uh, go to toy conventions, go to these places where the brands are who care about that demographic. Cause I think mm-hmm. a lot of people don't pay attention to analytics and what's really, it's almost scary. Cause you just want to not scary. What's the right word? It's not as easy to look at your art 
as a hard science yeah. where there's trends and there's actual numbers that you pay attention to but mm-hmm. if you just look at it right it's yeah. it's worth it do you look at your analytics a lot or are you kind of just at this point you kind of know what works and you go for it I do check them yeah I keep tabs like if something looks interesting I'll like dig into it more um but I, I do think it's important to like just check in every once in a while mm-hmm. see what's going on see if things are changing um but don't get like too caught up in the numbers like constantly checking it every single day Let's talk about numbers because with Facebook, YouTube can also be very, very good or very, very bad. And you think your career is over with one video, right? You'll be doing great. Everything's great. And then, oh my gosh, I got literally a fourth, a fifth, a sixth amount of the views that I normally do. Mm-hmm. And when I was looking at your channel, it's so interesting because uh, very recently you have a ton of views on a lot of videos and then you'll have one video that I instantly clicked on. I was like, Jimmy Fallon, what? But then that's the one with like 50,000 views. Yeah. And in my brain, mm-hmm. I'm going, what? That confuses me too. Right? Because it's like Jimmy Fallon. Exactly. But I think, and it's a longer video too, which makes no sense because YouTube loves long videos. Right. Um, but I think it's because it's more of a personality driven behind the scenes video rather than just strict dominoes falling. Because most people watch Hevish 5 just to watch Domino's Falling. They don't really care about me in a way. Which is like, oh, come on. But like, come I'm like, on, guys. I'm like trying to put more personality into my videos yeah. and show like there's a person behind it. Um, but like, I mean, I started my YouTube channel completely anonymous. Mm-hmm. So I didn't talk, didn't do anything, didn't speak. Um, and then six and a half years later, I posted a whole like draw my life video where at the end I revealed myself what and were then, the reactions yeah so people were like oh my god have a is a girl what <laughs> they all assumed that i was a guy or like some middle-aged indian man for some reason because oh. Hevish maybe sounds indian i don't really Interesting. know and you're like what's up guys yeah i'm like, I'm like hey. a 17 year old girl yeah hello but it was such a good like reveal because now i feel like i can really connect with my audience more and talk to them which is something that i've been wanting to do for a while and also like make other types of videos like if i can't talk it's much harder to make a tutorial or just branch out and do like more short films and things like that um but i kind of set this precedent of strictly domino videos in the first six and a half years when i was anonymous and now people still kind of expect that even though i've i've shown my face for a long time since um but that's that's just kind of what works so how do you manage balancing what you want to do what you like to do but then what your audience expects from you it has your audience grown up with you or has it been one of those things that they do just expect one thing? And how do you handle that? You know, I'm still somewhat trying to figure that out myself. Um, I know that a lot of people, they get into dominoes or like they'll be like, oh my God, these dominoes are so cool. But then in like five years, they'll be like not interested. Um, so like balancing the types of videos that I make Recently, I've been doing a lot of like collaborations, which is not like fully like my video, which is okay. I still really enjoy them. And I'm also doing projects for companies and like a couple of sponsored videos. So my personal videos have kind of taken a backseat in a little way, but 
I also have like 30 videos in the can ready to go, which, which are like is, personal projects. Is crazy to me because I'm a type of person who will be filming and editing a video up until the point I post it. Ugh. So it's I would love to get ahead soon. Yep. Um, but it's just kind of been me. Mm-hmm. Has that are you the type of person at school who does their homework like three days before it's due? Has that just always been you? Not or three is that days before, but I'll always get it done before the due date. Okay. Like so I'm always very on schedule. You're a productive, amazing human being. Congratulations on that. Um, because my entire life, I feel like I've been striving to like get ahead. And it's just, you know, I've accepted it's just me, I guess. How does that uh, work into your YouTube workflow? Are you always ahead? Like, do people get bummed when something was filmed three months ago because I feel like with tech there's always this expectation of doing what's the greatest and latest so maybe Mm -hmm. that's an advantage that you have yeah where you can back catalog yeah I think you have to really think about the type of content that you create like with tech it's it's much easier and better probably for you to post in real time as things are coming out. But for Domino's, I've realized my videos are very evergreen. Like a video that I made five years ago can still be relevant today because it's just Domino's falling. And because of that, I'm able to get ahead and post things that aren't really in real time, Um, which is good because like then I can kind of like relax a little bit in case there's like an event that I need to go to or something. But the downside to that is um, I'll be editing videos from literally like six months ago to a year ago. And wow. like I lose the energy and steam of making that video because it was so long ago. And then right. I'm like, I really so it's have to more, edit this. It's more for you too. There's, yeah. there's a different type of feeling when you're editing something that was, I guess, so long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you mean by evergreen content? Because I think that's a very... Right important thing for people to understand yeah so evergreen content is uh content that you post in or you post now and it's still relevant in the future so like if you're daily vlogging for example that's not evergreen content it's like you watch it that week and then the next it's pretty much done forever yeah it's done for like you have that window of time and then it's like not really as relevant unless you watch an entire vlog series but i mean with domino videos it's like you post a video, it's still a domino video. There's no time really related to it. Which is, I think, amazing that that's worked into your content because I know a lot of people, um, I don't want to just keep going back to myself, but with tech, with current events, with news, I think it is really important to set aside some of your time to produce evergreen stuff if it's just topical because topical gets the clicks mm-hmm. it gets attention but then if someone new comes to your channel and wants something more to watch they're not going to watch you responding to news a week ago because that's yeah that's not intriguing right yep. old news um i think there's so much to think about with um, who your audience is what's the type of stuff that you create how can you diversify what you're making mix it, mixing in evergreen and topical and all of that um and i think a lot of people think it's just kind of making stuff throwing it to the wall hoping it sticks but there's so much behind the scenes right um and so something I found interesting with your videos is there's a certain techniques to dominoes. And I wasn't aware of this when I was watching your behind the scenes. You're like, oh, this is the wall technique. So dominoes, there's strategy behind it. And there's, it, it matters how you do it. And it matters what types of dominoes they are. 
how did you initially learn this did you were you a person who went on youtube and just searched on youtube like how do i do dominoes or like what is this technique and like how many techniques are there is it as complex as i think it is there's like a whole domino world and like domino vocabulary that we use it's like i don't know if you build dominoes like it's probably from watching youtube videos like when i first started i would just search videos and then literally like pause the video like screenshot it, zoom in, like try to figure out exactly how people built it. Mm -hmm. Cause there weren't really a lot of tutorials back in the day. You kind of just had to figure it out, Um, which I think helped me really understand how dominoes fall and how they work on different surfaces and different tricks. Um, But yeah, it's mainly just experimenting for yourself. Mm -hmm. Do you have domino like buddies? Yeah. Like, do you, do you like get together and domino together? Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole community. Uh, sometimes we have events every year where like 20 people will get together and we build like 200,000 dominoes in a huge gym and then we'll have a live event, knock it down. And it's like a whole thing. Well, a big question I have, what is the biggest disaster? What is the biggest domino project you've ever built and accidentally knocked it down yeah okay so there's this one time i was building the second largest domino tower in america and i was live streaming it keep in mind um (laughs) and i was like probably like 11 layers from finishing like i was so close and i placed like one of the dominoes on top i pull my hand back and all of a sudden i see it just slowly start tipping tipping all the way down to the ground and i'm just watching it People are watching me watch it on the live stream and yeah, it fell, but I made a really good fail video, so it's okay. That's good. And maybe sometimes the fails, I'm sure they, they do very well. Might even do more well. Sometimes better. Yeah. Sometimes better. Right. (laughs) I I mean, that's the thing with these drama YouTube channels is it's like almost when more bad stuff happens, it's like it equates to more views, Mm -hmm. but, um, that's just how things go sometimes um so you have the domino bodies buddies obviously your family is super supportive um you're you're in a process of expanding right i mean are you ready to like hire people get more content out is that exciting is that scary for you yeah i'm very excited but also scary because like i really have no idea what i'm doing like never been to business school haven't taken a business class like i'm just figuring it out on the spot Um, but currently my team is, uh, my dad, who's my business manager, a social media manager doing like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter videos. I just hired my friend who's the new H5 Domino community manager. That's my second channel, um, dedicated for the inner Domino community for people who build Domino's and want more like in-depth stuff about that. Um, so he's been doing like emails and like gathering videos from the community to post on it. Um, really trying to spread more awareness about Domino's. And then, um, who else? Um, that's, no, I mean, yeah. that's impressive just in itself. That's like, the those fact, are the main people. So are you hiring people full time or is it one of those things that you, you start with part time, you know, you do the part time. Okay. Yep. So oh, starting with that. editor too, who's helping with, Good. um, rough cuts. I want to train him to do final cuts, but yeah. it'll take a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. The editing thing is hard to delegate, especially when it's so close to you. You've done the entire process yourself Mm -hmm. and teaching that to someone is terrifying, right? You have to write down every single thing that you do and then just 
communicate that with them do revisions Mm -hmm. and that's a whole process and i heard you mention upwork Mm -hmm. did you find your person on upwork yeah that's how i found my editor so for the people who don't know upwork is similar to maybe a fiverr um it's a website where you can hire people from around the world to do um anything from super mini minial tasks to creative tasks um and i think that it really exploded with tim ferris's uh recent book not recent book he posts he made it so long ago the four hour work week where he talked about virtual assistants do you know who tim ferris is i don't so he basically put out um this book basically saying uh, okay only work four hours a week and offload everything to virtual assistants and offload everything to people that you hire from these websites like upwork mm-hmm. and i think it's very hard to start the trust but have you found that it's it's been worth it i'm sure it's been a journey but Yeah, it's definitely been worth it just because I'm able to put out more content and do more things that I've always wanted to do but just didn't have time for. Um, However, there is definitely a trade-off. Like, you have to get rid of some of your creative control. You gotta be like, okay, it's fine. It's not gonna be perfect and that's okay. Um, But really, like, I feel like in some ways people are just so attached to their art that they can't give up some of that control. But the only way to really grow is to let that go and chances are Mm. like those little nitty gritty details that you see like nobody else is gonna see those are wise words lily something that i continually need to hear but also something that's even crazier is when you kind of let go of you know what you think is perfect and then you probably can figure out people out there who actually might be able to do things better than you that is the dream scenario yes that's the dream scenario and and you never know if that can happen until you let go Mm -hmm. that's true you just gotta try you yep and And even if it doesn't work out like hey you learned how to work with other people you know the hiring process you're becoming a better manager and it's all better for the future Mm. those are some wise words lily okay let's see if i have any more questions for you Mm -hmm. okay i here here we go here we go branding I think you're very good with branding. I don't know if that's intentional. Oh, thank you. But when you were when you were starting out, did you see Havish Five as okay? I want this name to be synonymous with Domino's because it's a lot of your uh, video titles. You know, you'll put Havish Five in them. You'll put um, only some of them. Yeah, is that a way to kind of resonate your brand with? If you see a Domino compilation video you know that have a shot that's gonna be the best one right is that something that you think about um so i didn't really think about branding too much to be honest when i first started the channel like it was just hevish five didn't even like make it for dominoes originally mm-hmm. but it just turned into that um but i do i have an intro that plays before every video that just shows hevish five in dominoes so people can recognize like oh it's a hevish five video like they recognize the sound even um but I think it's now I I think about branding a little bit more like I'm trying to put my H5 logo in more places Um, like I have H5 merch that people can buy and then um, I don't know it's definitely important but I feel like for me the dominoes itself in a way are more important yeah love it but and it's also you kind of niching down I think people think that they have to go broad and have to do everything maybe if someone wanted to start a channel like this today they would probably go to okay well i gotta cut soap i gotta do asmr i gotta do dominoes i gotta do all these things but 
there's I think there's a real advantage in niching down and doing what you enjoy and what you're good at Mm because I think people notice that that yeah yeah. freaking domino amazing person can't find a good adjective or noun for that would you call yourself a domino artist domino artist you're an amazing domino artist and I think that's very apparent to people thank you last question how was it being on Katy Perry's live stream. Ooh, yeah. Because <laughs> you've, you've gotten to do a lot of cool collaborations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you were, when she was launching her new album, she had this 24 hour? It was hour? like a four day live stream. A like four day Four day, live day straight live stream. They like live stream as she was sleeping. Uh, but basically, uh, one of the producers found my YouTube channel and then reached out and was like, hey, Katy's doing this live stream and we're looking for artists to come in and, you know, build this artwork as she's sleeping. <laughs> Because, like, you know, nobody wanna, nobody wants to watch her sleep on a live stream. So they had these artists come in, build this thing, and I was one of the artists. So I stayed up from, like, 11 p.m. to 10 a.m. building this domino setup overnight for Katie. Um, and they, like, built this whole set to make it seem like it was her house, <laughs> but with, like, hidden cameras everywhere. And then in the morning, Katie came in. She saw the setup. She was, like, so surprised by it. And then we had this whole, like, we just, like, had a little chat. Um, so you're about just, dominoes. you're BFFs with Katie, right? Uh, not BFFs, <laughs> but, like, we know each other. <laughs> she was very nice. Like, That's so cool. Yeah, she really loved the setup. Um, and she, she, like, was genuinely, like, interested in, like, my story and, like, talking about my family and not just, like, oh my god you're like a youtuber it was like she got to know me which was really nice that's amazing what what's your favorite outside of katie what's your favorite collaboration that you've done with maybe another youtuber you just uh, hung out with casey at 368 um or maybe someone traditionally who you know is in the public eye like you know the jimmy fallon collab what what's something that sticks out so one of my favorites is uh i worked with will smith for one of his movies collateral beauty and in that movie get this will smith is a domino artist he is the character he is he like does what i do are you serious no but yeah so you you basically have a movie made after you i I guess i mean (laughs) that's pretty cool yeah it's a very unique field i know so did you teach him yeah, so I was there on set for two weeks building these massive domino structures on the set. And I taught Will a little bit about how to build, like how to place the dominoes and then how to knock them down. And like we did a bunch of takes. Um, we even glued dominoes to make as props so they can like wheel it in and out so we didn't have to rebuild it. Um, but it was an amazing experience. And Will's so nice, like very genuine, super funny. Um, and it was great to be there. What do you think of him essentially being a youtuber now yeah um i mean (laughs) people have mixed feelings about this um i think i think it's good that he's like trying to show more of like who he is beyond the screen i appreciate that he's like interacting more with his audience and like creating content that's like more i don't know somewhat more relatable i guess even though there's like a whole team behind it yeah right (laughs) um i don't know it's it's interesting it's it's like celebrities going to youtube but it's 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 almost like guys get away this is ours but then at the same time they're bringing new people to the platform which is exciting Mm -hmm. and i think the people who are succeeding people like will smith they're adopting the style right you can't come to youtube and just 
post full length movies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so he's making these short and sweet videos, um, which are clearly working for him. So I think it's cool what he's doing, but there's always a sense of this is ours. Get away outside world. Yeah. Right. <laughs> YouTube's definitely becoming more mainstream. Yeah. Which is great, but it can also be lame. But it's an exciting future. It is. You know, is. and I'm glad that we got in at, yeah. the, at the point we got in. Yeah, because it's, it's. I think it's getting harder and harder. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's so many uh, things to learn from people like you now um, for the people who want to do it. So thank you so much for giving so many insights, sharing your story, Lily. Thank you for having me. Yes. Yes. It was so fun. Um, and that creative life fam hopefully you know this was the first podcast recorded at my new office and I'm, I'm i'm starting to be like wow maybe i just need to rent a podcasting um tiny little office at a very tall building so i don't have to worry <laughs> about any noise because i don't know how noisy that was what about 368 oh it's so noisy in there too they have really? heater clank things. the podcast station they i mean it, it might be better in the um when it's not the winter, but they have the mm. same heater clanking oh, that my old office had. Okay. So New York mm. is hard. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where when something is fully audio, you almost have to either get out of the city or just go up mm, where it's really quiet. Because um, these, yeah, these old buildings with the with the wood, the it's just. <laughs> oh, oh, but anyways, hopefully. The audio was okay, guys. We're, we're also working on getting it um, more level. You know, I, mm -hmm. I listen to the people. They're like, hey, Sarah, audio's a little little um, loud and a little soft sometimes. They really but notice hey, that. We're striving for perfection, but we will never get there. So give us grace. <laughs> <laughs> Lily, thank you so much for being on. Thank Where you. can people find you? Have a five everywhere. H-E-V-E-S-H-5. Amazing. Everything will be linked in the show notes. Remember guys, new podcasts on Mondays, maybe not every single Monday, but maybe. It's a terrible outro. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Lily, thanks for being on. Thank you so much. Check out the show notes below. And guys, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And then you can listen wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or that creative dot life. That's the website. Thanks, and check girl. out our collab that we and did. And check out our collab. The I will I will link it in the description below as well. That was fun. Yes. That was a lot of fun. All right. Bye guys. Bye.